When we were young and our hearts were open books, we used to say, let's talk about toys. You know we did, you know we did, you know we did. And that's why you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 174 for the week of Wednesday, 24th of June, 2015. I'm Adam. And I'm Scott. This episode is brought to you by Max Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our choice of the week are the SH Figure Arts Gamera action figure, the Play Arts Kai DC variant cyborg action figure, and the Lego Jurassic World Raptor Rampage set. Scott, we haven't caught up for a while, so how have you been? I've been very well, thank you, Adam. I've uh, been here. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, well, you've been, like, having a life, I understand. Yeah, it happens every now and then. It does. Well, this uh, episode, we um, couldn't get the whole gang together, so Adam and I are doing all the normal bits, and then you're going to hear some reviews from other friends who aren't here with us tonight, so it's a bit of a patchwork episode, um, but, you know, we're here keeping up the faith. Now, um, tell me, because I was actually in your neck of the woods for a little bit this week, um, and your your football team that you like, what, what are they called? The Port Adelaide Power. And were they playing in Melbourne? They were. Oh, uh, I was on their flight. Well, they were on my flight, actually. Okay. Yeah. On the way so back. Flight out yesterday. Or? Fl- flight out yesterday. Yeah, they were. I saw these people with power on it, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Adam's team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, did they lose? Yeah. To um, the bottom side. <gasps> no. Yeah. Oh, how sad. Yeah. Oh well. I I, I nearly um uh, sent you a message saying you better hope that this plane makes it. you've never been more interested in my air safety than you should be right now (laughs) they were very well behaved on the plane um but it was was so funny because i normally uh you know sleep and or i'll i usually like sleep right at the beginning and then i'll wake up and i'll read and whatever and i slept for a little while and then i woke up and i and i thought oh my gosh am i snoring then i realized no i was on the aisle and the guy on the window in my row was snoring for the Olympics. <laughs> it was hilarious. Everyone around was just like giggling, laughing <laughs> for almost the whole flight. It was like the full on chainsaw snore. Oh. Even like, you know, and we were kind of going, do you think we should do, like wake him up or yeah. uh, just leave it? Like, <laughs> like sleep apnea snore kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it was highly amusing and all the, Port players around me were highly amused. <laughs> yeah, so, but maybe that's what put them off. Nah, no. I don't think that's, that couldn't possibly be it. No. It's not like it's a, a um, isolated incident. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they were just kind of true to form? Yeah, so far this year. Oh, dear, that's no good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, besides barracking for losing football teams, how have you been? I've been well. Um, not really much to speak of. Uh, for those that have 
wondered why I haven't been talking much about running this year. It's because I've um, been slated for ankle surgery for a while. I had a surgical consult this Monday, finally. It was only a two and a half mate, about two and a half month wait for that. <laughs> but I'm now booked in for surgery, not Monday, well, not the Monday that it will be just gone um, by when this is out, but the following Monday. Ooh. And so the then I've got a, a month of rehab after that. Oh, yeah. No fun. No, nah, but at least if I get back to being able to run properly, I'll be fine with it. Oh, well, I mean, there you go. So, so you you should be making a full recovery from this run. That's the plan. Oh, good. Oh, that's good. Mm. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Does that mean that you'll have more time for podcasting, or less time, or who knows? I have no idea. Okay. Um, depends on. I don't expect that I'll be going out and about too much while I'm in a moon boot, but we'll see. <laughs> you but if I'm out of it, you know, on painkillers for a bit, then that might mean that I'm not going to be podcasting either oh, that would be, be awesome. hilarious for you guys yeah exactly we want you that that shouldn't stop you from <laughs> podcasting a bit of um you know medical assistance never hurts yeah sweet well i reckon that we should do our best to do a two-person articulated news i think we'll do a smashing job we'll smash it for sure yeah. sweet Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures be sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. From Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. From Kenner. Well, before we get to our main features, we start every episode with a bit of news. Articulated news, where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We are not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. I have the first piece of news, so over to me. <laughs> well, we'll start off by talking about uh, a whole swag of things that I really enjoy, which is um, SH Figure Arts and my other great love of SH Figure Arts is Dragon Ball Z. We've had uh, previously teased the Dragon Ball Z resurrection of F, uh, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I know. It's uh, about the worst name you could possibly come up with. It's got Super Saiyan in there twice. Um, and we'd also had the Golden Freezer um, previewed. We've now seen... Beerus, we've seen Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegeta, <laughs> and uh, Jacko the Galactic Patrolman as well. So, can, can you just walk me through why we need two Super Saiyans? Uh, in that name? Yeah. Ah, uh, look. So, <laughs> look, look. <laughs> Super Saiyan is the first essentially ascended form of a Saiyan person. So their hair goes golden and spiky and they get massive power-ups. Then there's Super Saiyan 2, then there's Super Saiyan 3. Dragon Ball GT introduced Super Saiyan 4. This is all set before Dragon Ball GT and looks like it's pretty much knocked Dragon Ball GT off. Oh, wow. In Dragon Ball, in uh, the Battle of Gods movie, there was Super Saiyan God. I think they just kind of put Super Saiyan in front of it rather than just saying Saiyan God. I don't know why. Um, so now that there's a powered-up version of that, which is another transformation, it's Super Saiyan on the end of it, and your head 
just explodes. <laughs> well, I did ask. Why on earth it's not Super Saiyan God 2? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, that would make sense, maybe. It would make sense. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, the, the Vegeta is pretty much just um, much like the Goku. It's a recycle of the existing Super Saiyan Vegeta sculpt. There'll be, you know, minor tweaks because of um, little bits of detailing and paint apps will change. But Beerus and Jaco are um, entirely new figures, entirely new sculpts, so that's nice to see. Um, the other thing we've also seen is a figure art zero Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku, and a Golden Freezer. Uh, we've got no information as to when these are going to be out or what the pricing's going to be, but um, I'm sure they'll be announced for release soon, given that it wasn't long between the Goku and Golden Freezer figure arts um, mm. being announced and, and being able to pre-order. Well, wow. Yep. So that's the first bit. Are you are you in for all of those? or? Yeah, I'll get a lot of those. Cool. The next piece of news that we have comes, via, or comes by way of, let's talk about the Mexican exclusive of Goku that was announced earlier this year where it was Goku and the Turtle Hermit Gi. Uh, we had that one. It's just a reissue of the base Goku but with um, a slightly changed paint app. We now have a Freezer Saga Goku for SDCC 2015 as an exclusive where he's got the Go... Um, insignia on it. Uh, no details on pricing or packaging, but there you have it. If you really must have another Goku, go for your life. <laughs> I myself will pass. Okay. Moving on, we've got um, advanced color figure arts versions of Trunks and Vegeta. So these are a, from what I can tell, they're meant to look more like either the anime or covers used during the series, so they're, they're just colour updates. Um, I believe the Freezer one has a new face or something like that to go with it as well. That's about it. Huh. Um, there's also a battle-damaged Super Saiyan Goku, which has also been referred to as the Super Saiyan Goku Awakening, so it's essentially from the battle against Freezer where he first turned Super Saiyan. Um, and that one also does not have a date of release or uh, price provided, but there you go, you can have yet another Goku. Now, um, both of these figures are shown in one photo with a like power effect. Is that included or we don't know? We don't know yet. We don't know. I like it, it's cool. Yeah. It looks like it had saved me a lot of time playing with Plastamec. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but cool. Considering I've kind of already done that. Um, yeah, it, it still looks cool. Um, and if we got it, that'd be fantastic. Very good. So moving on from figure arts, uh, we've seen Jack Specific uh, SDCC exclusive announced. We've got 20-inch uh, versions of Boba Fett, of Link, from the Skyward Sword Legend of Zelda game and a blue translucent Darth Vader from, I guess, someone's imagination. <coughs> ah, okay, it's meant to be, vi- it's meant to be uh, representing a hologram transmission of Vader. There you go. Okay. And we needed that in 20-inch wide. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty sure. cool. And like I've said before, I know that there are people that... um 
obviously, you know, big Star Wars or Darth Vader fans will be excited, but there's people that just grok translucent stuff that will be excited as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Like a giant translucent figure. Yep. Well, there you go. So we only have prices for the Vader, and that one is $60 US. We can probably assume the others are about the same price, but maybe not. <laughs> cool. Wow. So moving along, we've seen the um, start of announcements for the Disney Infinity 3.0. They'd already gone through Disney Infinity and Disney Infinity 2.0. So what we've seen so far, we've seen Mickey, we've seen... A Fantasia Mickey, we've seen a Donald Duck, we've seen Quora, who else have we seen? And we've seen Sadness from the new movie that's coming out. I think it's Inside Out, something yep. like that. Yep. Um, we've seen some Star Wars folk. So we've got a Luke, a Leia, a Chewie, a Darth Maul. Um, looks like there's, you know, a couple other ones already available. Uh, and we'll see what that actually ends up looking like in terms of. I assume that the game, there will be an updated game and that these will not work with 2.0, but you never know your luck. Uh, yeah, if you look on the card backs and some of those, it says only three, like not compatible with one or two, only three. So there you go. That's probably pretty disappointing and it's probably uh, going to be seen as a bit of a rot and a cheat for some people. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a, I suppose the other way, I don't know, like, will older figures work in three? Um, you know, that would be the really annoying thing. Um, yeah, if there's no backwards compatibility yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see people collecting these even if they're not um, playing the game. Yeah. Um, but if you are, then I agree that would be really annoying. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, the Inside, is it called Inside Me, that new movie? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the uh, or oh, Inside Out. Sorry, hello. Um, lots of merch around for that already. Um, I noticed even that the uh, Funko has done fabrications of characters from Inside Out. Okay. I was, yeah, I saw them at our local Zing today, and I was like, "Who? Who are they?" And they had pops and fabrications. So, okay, there you go. Hmm. I've heard good things about that movie. Okay. Yeah. I When I first heard about it or saw about it, I thought it was going to be a TV series based on advertising around um, Disney World buses, but clearly I got that wrong. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you were just you know having you're too much fun in the Magic Kingdom to take all the details in, right? Clearly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at the Were you at Florida or LA at California? Florida. Okay. Yeah. That has more parks and whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it is uh, much better. It's really fascinating if you've been to Disney World. If you ever go to Disneyland, it just feels so tiny. Yeah. In comparison. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So if we move on to my final piece of news, we have NECA's probably best packaging I've ever seen on a, a pretty much Staction collection. Yeah. Um, you can get an egg carton full of in scale seven inch, well, in scale for the seven inch line, um, alien eggs. Uh, cage free. Cage free, yeah. indeed. Expiry date is uh, June 3rd, 2122. <laughs> and they are not for human consumption. 
That is awesome. Yeah, Love I it. think that's fantastic. Um, so the, there's a couple closed up. There's a couple. Well, there's three closed. There's three open with facehuggers coming out. It looks like the facehuggers are removable. Um, and yeah, they're in scale for the, the alien line. Mm. So I can't see why anyone would not want to get those if they're already in on that line. Yeah. Well, they also, if you um, look through the promotional photos, there is a uh, tease of the Ripley Aliens figure. Like we've had the Alien one, but they're doing Aliens as well. And that is something that I might have to have. Yeah, I, that looks sensational. Yeah, I, I do really love that movie. It's the best of them all for as far uh, as any of us concerned. For sure. Yep. Like, and I mean, you know, it's not my genre really. Um, yep. you know, and certainly it's right up there on the level of scary that I can watch. Um, being yeah. a, being a, you know, it's, I, yeah. I, it's, it's like a three cushion movie for me. That's like how many cushions I'll have to have to hold in front of my face in the, in the scary <laughs> bits. Um, but it's just so good. Yeah. So good. So hmm. very exciting. Yes. And with that, I hand over to you, Scott. Sweet. Um, well, we have a Reddit, a subreddit, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that I'm going to start that again, seeing as I just coughed. <clears throat> no worries. Five, four, three. Thank you. Uh, well, we have a subreddit, which is afbpodcast.reddit.com. Uh, a bit quiet at the subreddit this week. We need some of our um, normal Redditors back, please. But we did hear from Silbert, and he passed on um, that Kotobukiya is doing a Raven in their DC Comics Bishojo line. And I have to say, this looks awesome. Mm. Um and Meg just sucked me back into this because I have some of the early DC Bishojos. Um, I didn't keep up at some, I haven't missed very many actually. I think Starfire and Batwoman I've missed. Um, but I did see the Batwoman the other day and thought, Oh, that's nice. I really need to pay attention to these again. Um, yeah. but that Raven looks awesome. I love, um, but the, the cape is, her cape is the base. And I think that's really cool yep um and i have to say that i'm enjoying both in the marvel and in the dc line the depth you know we've got marvel at the moment's got you know jubilee and she hulk just came out wasp is coming and that sort of thing and that that actually makes me more interested um i just the the thing that killed the marvel one for me and I've, i've ranted about this before was just the abrupt Change, change of scale. Change of scale. Yeah. That, so, you know, I, I don't have Marvel ones anymore. I sold the ones that I had, and I, I can't kind of see myself restarting. Yeah. Um, but the DC ones, you know, they are all in the same scale. Um, but it is cool that they're continuing with these, you know, as opposed to just um, turning around to do more A-list characters in another version. Yeah. It would have been very easy to do. Well, yeah, I mean that's and what often happens in lines. Like I'm a bit, um, you know, that you I get a bit burnt. I've been a bit burnt by that before, where you kind of start collecting something, thinking that they're really gonna universe build, and then like, oh, there's another Wonder Woman. Oh, good. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, they have done two versions of Wonder Woman in the DC line, but that's all right. <laughs> um, they're also doing some reissues, like the Batgirl um, that was the very first one that came out in the DC line um, and for a while then was quite hard to find. They've done a, 
a new version of, um, yeah. and a reissue, which I think is great. Like people want to get on board. So yep. good, good for them. Um, back to more San Diego, uh, exclusives. Funko has had so many, um, like I honestly don't know how you can possibly keep track of all this. Um, but noteworthy, I'm not going to go through them all because there are like so many, but noteworthy, uh, ones are that they're doing a, um, orphan black parka Helena. Yep. Um, are you a fan of that show? We haven't watched it as yet. Oh my gosh. It is so good. Okay. It is so good. You will love it. You and you and Mrs. Um, Adam will, will really love it. It's one of those things that basically every episode at the end, you realize that you have had no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then every time you think you know what's happening, something else happens where you're like, oh my God, I had no idea what's going on. Um, it's awesome. But in a good way, not in a oh, lost. Oh, oh no, fashion. in a good way. Like there's just like a twist that, you, that turns everything on its head. Okay. Yeah, no, nothing is as it seems. Um, it's awesome. Uh, I think the coolest one I've seen so far is a Jaws uh window box great whack shark action figure um with jaws um eating quint yeah i um, think that's fantastic so like, i don't i mean i'll be interested to know uh so this is reaction this is not not a not a yeah. pop sorry um if it's if he's removable i think he probably is um, he looks like he would be because he yeah. looks like he's actually got um the leg articulation yeah going. yeah so hopefully it's two pieces so that you can have him out. Um, and yeah, but I mean, I think that's awesome. Hilarious. Yep. Uh, there's a golden bender from Futurama. That's another cool one. Um, there is a, uh, in the vinyl idols line, um, which I'm quite interested in some of them. There's a slimed Venkman from the Ghostbusters vinyl idols. Yep. A lot of these look quite limited, like they're 500 pieces. So, again, uh, look in the show notes on our website if you want the whole list. But I think this is like the sixth edition of um, Funko San Diego exclusive. So, yeah, wacky. They're just going to be half the, the stalls by the look of it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. so very many. So very many. Well, good on them. Good on them. Um, back to... Uh, Aliens and um, Diamond Select uh, has got some new Minimates, um, a deluxe Queen and Power Loader set. Again, oh my gosh, yeah. that that is so cool. Um, not only uh, does it come with Ripley, the Power Loader, and the Queen, it also comes with Bishop, who can be impaled on the Queen's tail. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Craziness. Yeah. Old spoilers. Old spoilers. Yep. Um, and uh, it's a window box. So this might be something that I might have to have, I think. Um, <laughs> just c- because it's a kind of a set on its own, you know, like it's just that's so cool. And again, yep. love that movie. Love that movie. Um, so good on you, Diamond. Um, also for Diamond and also in Mini Mates, they are doing. Now, this has to be a typo because it's saying that this is 30th anniversary of Back to the Future. It cannot be 30 years, surely. Uh, I reckon it could be. No, I know it is. I'm just trying not to feel so old. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
That movie is 30 years old. Um, having said that, it's I'm not super excited about um, these. Uh, there's Marty um, with his wearing two ties and uh, – oh, sorry, Marty Sr. wearing his two ties, M- Marty, Marlene, and Griff, and um, there you go. Yeah. They are what they are. Yeah, not at all exciting, really, but... Yeah. Now, the next... I've got a Lego item next. And I actually drove past, when I was in your fine city this week... Huh. I drove past a shop... Uh... That was called Lego. On L- um, Bain South Road. L-A-Y-G-O. Yes. I'm like, wow. This is like, you know, there's evidence that you're actually not just... Um, I mean, you're mispronouncing it, but um, <laughs> that, you know, there's a cultural reason why. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Well, I'll, um, Lego has got a uh, Secret Wars Sam Wilson as Captain America minifigure as a giveaway at the Lego booth. Um, so you can get it there for free and then pay a billion dollars for it on eBay afterwards. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> In a very cool, like a, on a very cool um, card with bubble, I have to say it looks pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like it'd be good if you got it, but oh yeah, you're not going to die. It's not one of those things that I think a lot of people are going to spend big dollars on. But yeah. So speaking of San Diego items that people are likely to spend big dollars on, um, Hasbro has announced more Marvel exclusives, and there are this is an Ant Man. Uh, exclusive box set. This is in the, uh, it's a, a Marvel Legends and Universe box set, so mix. And it has a 12 inch Giant Man, yep. a 6 inch Goliath, a 3 and 3 quarter inch Hank Pym, a 1 and a half inch Scott Lang Ant Man, and a 1 inch Hank Pym Ant Man. Yeah. A bloody amazing. It is, except for those that, you know, stopped collecting those lines. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I kind of look and go, the Goliath, yes. Um, <clears throat> the 12-inch um, Giant Man, it's pretty much just going to be recycling the ones that they did that came with the um, Secret Invasion. Yeah, pack. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure, I can't really, it looks like the 1-inch, um, Hank Pym is a reuse. The Scott Lang is new, and the three and three quarter Hank Pym is new, but probably just recycled parts. But hey. sure, yeah, I think the sum of the sum of the parts are greater that that no, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the whole is greater than the sum of the parts are. Yes, um, that's so, it. Is that it? Yeah. So it's it's worth more together than just the individual bits on their own. Um, yep. And uh, but I mean, I think it's cool. I think that uh, the fact that we're getting some comic accurate um, stuff, you know, attached that's obviously writing on the back of the the movie, is cool. Um, and the box looks, which is a giant Ant Man head, looks amazing. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Time will tell whether or not this is something that I ever actually own. <laughs> um, I'll be interested, though, because um, so, we've got the uh, Doctor Strange Marvel Legends set, and then this, which is kind of Marvel Legends Universe set, no announcement of a specific Marvel Universe 3 and 3 quarter 
exclusive. I wonder if this is going to tick that box. Because um, that'd be yeah. a bit of a shame. Um, yeah. But anyway, we we shall see. Yeah. And uh, last for me, and maybe least, I don't know, um, NECA, in their quarter-scale action figures, um, they are doing Batman Arkham Knight. Thank goodness, because there's been no merchandise related to that video game at all. <laughs> what a relief that someone finally has given it a little bit of attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having said that, if you want... Like, the, the quarter-scale action figures that NECA does, I think, are... Um, good quality and very good value. Um, yep. you know, they're normally not much over a hundred. I mean, I could be wrong on this and I don't have a price here. Um, but, uh, you know, they are, um, great figures for what they are. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if anyone could possibly not already have enough Batman Arkham Knight stuff. Yeah. Or enough Batman in general. <laughs> but. No, there'll never be enough Batman. There's always... Batman, I have to say, for me as a DC collector, Batman's one of those characters that, you know, there's certain certain characters, like I've got a Booster Gold uh, bust from DC Collectibles, right? And so I'm good. Yeah. You know, if they come out with the Booster Booster Gold statue that I like better, then I'd buy it, but I'd sell the bust. Yeah. You know, because that's all I need. I'm... Ticking You're not the, a huge booster man. And, well, look, I'm I'm ticking the booster gold box. You know, he's a yeah. u- universe builder character for me, but Batman is the kind of character that you know you, you do as a DC collector. You buy over and over again, and don't get sick of because he's so cool. So there you go. Yeah. And I'm not even the biggest Batman fan. Like in terms of the, you know, the the characters, he's not at the top of my, you know, love to read list. Yeah, um, but. Yeah. So there you go. And that I believe is the news. Fantastic. Yep. So we'll hand over to John for, uh, the next installment of name that, and then we'll come back with our first toy of the week for this episode. Excellent. Hey everybody, it's your good friend John here with another installment of Name That. When last I left you, we heard this strange sound. Battling around the curves and down the straightaways with working headlights and laser cannons blasting away. A dual lap counter lets you know who's ahead. You're in command. Race head-to-head through the deadly squeeze track for real racing excitement. And I bet our good friend Tom picked this one out because he would have said mask and he would have been correct because this is a mask slot car racing set. Um, seemed back in the 80s, there was a lot of those popular shows and toy lines made into slot car sets and mask just happened to be one of them. So um, pretty neat set, but um, we'll give Tom a point in the forum just for being a cool guy. Anyway, we'll move on to this week's sound. Prove yourself and save the world from... With sword, with axe, with tribe. And one more time. Prove yourself and save the world from. With sword, with axe, with tribe. As always, come on over to afbforum.com and leave your guests in the forum thread. You get it right, and you get a forum point that you can use on. Uh, we're still giving away those photocopied minion butts, so uh, you can use it for that. 
Anyway, if you'd rather play the picture version, visit tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is Engineer Nerd saying, peace out. Masked Road Race set. The Rhino Rig and Venom Jackhammer are battling around the curves and down the straightaways with working headlights and laser cannons blasting away. A dual lap counter lets you know who's ahead. You're in command. Race head to head through the deadly squeeze track for real racing excitement. Meanwhile, the Mighty Mask Electric Train set with Hurricane Chevy and Volcano Van with Launcher defend Boulder Hill. Nothing can stop the Mask Train, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Mask Road Race and Train sets, each sold separately. Well, we have a number of uh, short reviews of particular toys this episode, and our very first Toy of the Week review is coming from Mr. Adam. So over to you, Adam. Thank you, Scott. Tonight I'm looking at the SH Figure Arts Gamera. So this is based off of the 1996, I believe, Gamera 2. So they relaunched in the mid-90s. There's, this is the second movie from the relaunch period. Um, it was It's obviously produced by uh, Monster Arts, which is associated with Bandai and Tamashi Nations. So this guy came out this year, and I've picked him up this year. He's a, an action figure, and he goes for a rather large 81 bucks, which is a fair bit more than you pay for, say, a figure art. Yeah. Uh, but it's about the same, I think, as what um, the Godzilla cost, so you're kind of in for about the same. And it is quite a lot of plastic when you look at it, and there's quite a lot of um, detail and joining. So the packaging, it's your standard figure art, monster art kind of um, window box um, package with the layered trays inside of it, uh, the pictures on the back showing you all kinds of what suggestions of how you could pose your toy, and obviously you can open the box up, take everything out, play with it, put it back in and put it away. So completely collector friendly. And I have zero complaints about the box. Oh, very good. Yeah. Tick. This- Tick. Sculpt of the toy. Um, it's fine. It looks like Gamera. Um, he's got his tasks coming outside of his mouth. His mouth opens. He's got a tongue in there. The tongue is articulated independently of his jaw. Um, he struggles to move his arms about, um, which is kind of fair. It's I can't remember whether he was as restricted in the remake movies or the relaunch movies as he was in the original um Guy wearing big rubber suit movies. But, yeah, there's there's definitely some restrictions in, in terms of posability and, and that kind of thing. But the sculpt itself is fine. The paint is the first part where it really starts to fall down. Now, it's a big p- figure. Um, and, yes, Gamera is really largely only a couple of tones, right? He's kind of grey. He's got a little bit of beigey bit on the underside of his shell. Um, he's got a big green shell. But... There's basically no wash whatsoever on him. Um, so it's one big long piece of the same colour of grey. Um, obviously in reasonable light you'll cop shadows and, and the, the grooves in his legs and whatnot pick it up enough that it makes it look like there's a bit of a wash. But the shell would have done with one. Uh, the paint elsewhere, you know, so his teeth are picked out, his tongue's picked out, his mouth's picked out. There's a bit of slop around his mouth for me particularly on his chin and um, upper throat. Um, the claws are done in a nice kind of um, 
what's the word for that? That that um, blended kind of claw looking color, and the same for the tusks. Blended claw <laughs> looking color. I don't think they have claw in the Crayola box. Uh, yeah, they like kind of need bone. It, yeah, but it's, you know how you do the the blending kind of. You start with a a lighter bit and or a darker bit, and then you if you were doing it in uh, painting it yourself, you'd probably start with a darker bit and then dry brush over the top and dry brush over the top to get that blend coming through. Anyway, that's what he's got for kind of his claws and um, and tusks. So yeah, the the slop is a disappointment, as is the lack of any particular washing. Um, the articulation, it's put bluntly ridiculous. He has in his tail one, two, three, four, five, six separate segments. Each one of them is articulated. Um, the top at the back of his shell has a little bit of articulation uh, to allow his neck to move. His neck is one, two, three segments plus a head on top of it. All of those are articulated. As I said, he's got an articulated jaw and tongue. Um, his wrist is articulated, his forearm is articulated, his elbow joint is doubly articulated, his upper arm is articulated, and he's got a little bit that uh, covers the joint of his shoulder going into his torso, and that is articulated. Wow. Yeah. The legs are equally ridiculous. Um, so uh, just to clarify, you when you say ridiculous, you mean good, right? Yeah, these yep. ones are ridiculous, but like I said, they're a bit restrictive in places because of the shape of them. Um, I'm just trying to keep up with the lingo that you kids use these days. Okay, it's totes amaze balls. <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. When you get into the next level, um, in Gamera three or four, the four, third or fourth of the remake movies, he um, has, I think, it's a proto beam or, or or something like that that he fires off from inside of his torso, like he he is. The underneath of his shell opens up and he fires this beam that he where he's absorbed energy from the earth and it's like and, r- really bad gas. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and goes nuts. Yeah. Um, so his entire torso opens up, and this is the part where you start getting frustrated because it's totally awesome that you can open it up, right? And it, it's great, and it's a good gag and a good novelty feature. The um, the energy sphere bit in the middle um, doesn't light up despite what the box shows, but I mean, I kind of expected that having had the um, Iron Man and War Machine experience where those showed things looking like they light up and they didn't. And I said, yeah, that's probably Photoshopped. So that's okay. But then when you try and put his chest back together um, or close him up, you know, being a a bit of a medical term we could use there, um, (laughs) you have to get the order right to make it kind of sit level. Otherwise, it looks very uneven. And the more important and annoying part is if you, it, it's a bit fiddly, and if you get things a bit wrong, you'll start seeing that segments come off of the the hinge joints, and I've had that happen with one. And getting that back on is a pain in the ass in and of itself. And then the joint, can, the um, attaching arm can also come off from inside, and then you have to do these weird things where you attach it to one bit and then attach the other bit, and and then try and push it all back together, and yeah, fun ensues. So. I don't know that it was worth adding that feature. Um, we may have been able to add other detailing instead. The other thing was I was looking at the the top of the shell where it is slightly articulated, and I was kind of going, I wonder if that actually is really articulated, and then it came off of the, the peg that it's on, and getting that to actually attach firmly to the peg properly is also a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, there's no real posability issues, and it stands up, and that's fine. Um, 
at least when he's got all his limbs in standard mode. Being Gamera and being a giant like kaiju turtle, um, he can retract arms and legs into his body. So what they've done there is they've given him the flying fin arms that, as a swap out. I haven't put those on yet. Um, and he also has his back legs basically become a V. Um, or sorry, I think it's more of his tail and back legs become a V, uh, which is fine. But I can only imagine that trying to pose the figure at that point using a flight stand is going to become a pain in the ass because you have to work out where you're going to attach the flight stand to. Um, and considering that that torso of his is made up of all those little segments that come apart, I can't see it being a fun experience for you. But I haven't tried it yet. Um, I may try it. I may not. The other uh, parts that he comes with as swap-outs, well, not really swap-outs, so he also has a big fire-breath um, effect that comes with a stand that goes with it, and the stand of that is also looks like um, fire-breathiness kind of along the ground. So that's fine. Um the thing that is possibly missing on the accessory front, for those that have watched the Gamera movie, um, and let's be honest, they got pretty silly at points, but being a turtle, he can retract all his arms and legs and tail and head into his shell. And when he does that, he can emit um, essentially jet propulsion out of each of the, the holes and spin around in a circle and fly, which is the earlier way that he used to fly from memory. There are no effects for doing that, and I think that's... Um, it's a great opportunity missed because it would have been pretty simple to just give a little bit of a the, the little whirly fire side uh, whirly fire effect <laughs> coming out, or that you just remove the neck, remove each arm and the tail and the legs, and put one of one of those in each place. And I would actually have preferred to have that rather than the torso that opens up and closes poorly. Hmm. Um, so I think they missed a trick there, and I think they they overcomplicated the figure because of it. Well, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, um, I have to take points off for the torso. I think that's it's awesome if you're going to leave it open, but if you're not, it's a pain in the ass. I take points off for the paint hat, um, particularly the splotch. I take a point off for the top of the shell, um, so it's down to at best seven. Um, so I think this is a six to seven dolly out of ten figure. Um, considering Six to once, seven. Once you consider the price point, right? Yeah. It's, it's one of those, yeah, if you're a diehard Gamera fan, you probably have to have it because your only other option was, I think there was a Revoltec one a few years back. Um, and if you missed that and can't get it, get a hold of one for a reasonable price, then this is your next best bet. But I wouldn't recommend it if you're just into big monster things. <laughs> so um, this is like a crazy turtle, right? Like Yeah, it's like... Godzilla, but instead of being a lizard, it's a turtle. Fair enough. Turtle's gone bad. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. It's always good to get an insight into things that, you know, we wouldn't personally collect but are still interested in, and that's um, really cool, even though the result isn't perfect. Yeah. Um, But we will take a break, and we'll come back with another review shortly. Each is so separately from Cronotor. 
Well, now we're heading over to our second Toy of the Week feature, which will be handled by the ebullient Scott. So, Scott, over to you. <laughs> ebullient. I've been called many things. Um, and I, that might be the first time I've ever been called that. Thank you. Now, I have been reviewing a number of the figures from the Square Enix Play Arts Kai DC variant line, and uh, one that I skipped when I did Hawkman uh, was Cyborg. Um, so I haven't reviewed Superman um, and a couple of the others, uh, but I'm trying to hit the noteworthy ones here, and Cyborg definitely fits into that category. Um, so this, uh, if you're familiar with Play Arts, um, packaging, then you'll know what this packaging is like. Uh, it matches uh, the others in this line really well. The window box with the cover, um, just some you know f- funky art of the the character, not the actual figure um, on the the packaging. And then when you open it up, you've got a window box with a tray inside. The tray has got the figure and the um, accessories and underneath that is a cardboard backing with the stand and then also some uh instructions um the the whole idea of this uh line is that it's the dc characters with a you know an anime um twist um heavily armored obviously um still very recognizable but um you know with a bunch of extras so this is very recognizable as cyborg um the main extra that he's got besides funky armor is a lot more red than you would normally expect to see on your cyborg um mm-hmm. which you know whether or not that's necessary or not don't know but obviously the people in the art department felt like they had to have something to do. So they put some accents in there. Um, Sculpt wise, these are really amazing. You know, they're so incredibly detailed and the, the armor is pretty um, amazing. Um, I'll I'll go through uh, articulation and then I'll talk about accessories. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that is amazing to me about the play art stuff is that things that you would never imagine could be articulated become articulated. So that could be hair or, you know, pigtails or all kinds of things. And, um, this guy actually has articulated shoulder pads. Um, so (laughs) I know it's, it's just amazing. So he's got, you know, the, he's got an amazing, armor um with uh, your kind of silver plating some black elements and then the red highlights um he has got uh shoulder cannons basically um that um are actually so flexible that there are two versions of them hmm. so we have the the version that he comes with which is the like undeployed cannons um yep. when they're when they're not shooting um, but those actually can be raised up so that, you know, they move around and support arm articulation. But if you actually want to show them in shooting mode, then there is a peg that you can use to swap from the, um, undeployed cannon to the deployed cannon shoulder pad variant. Excellent. Yes. It is really amazing. Um, so, you know, when I said, like, it, it is amazing that, 
things that you would never think could be articulated. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so, but very cool. Uh, you know, it's uh, one of the things I think in the the comics, and particularly in the early years of reading New, New Teen Titans, um, you know, really. Uh, for, for being a dude mostly made of armor, he had a pretty limited, you know, kind of weapon set, as yep. it were. And so this is, you know, your more modernized version. So he, he's got the, the swap out, uh, shoulder cannons on both sides. Um, he then also has got a swappable head. So we have, uh, just serious face. And then we have what's meant to be angry face. Yeah. Um, and so when I looked at them, I thought, oh, I'm going to display that with the angry face because he's got some amazing weapons I'm going to talk about in a moment and I will do angry shooting. Unfortunately, the angry face is a tiny bit of a miss um, hmm. because we've got the – his, like, teeth are bared in angry mode. But then what they've done is – uh, in the middle, they painted like you know his dark skin tone, and they painted with that skin tone corner between the two rows of teeth. Mm-hmm. And just because of the way it comes up, it really looks more like I don't like that food face. <laughs> it's not. It's not like angry shouting. It's more like ew, you know, like which is a bit of a bummer. So bit of a a fail. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's partly the painting, and also because he's just he's got like a pointy nose. It's all a bit wrinkled, and he really does look like he's just turning up his nose at something like Brus- <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Ew. I'm um, with him. No. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that that's a miss for me. So I'm I'm going back to to serious face for the moment. Um. He comes with just one set of swap out hands, so we either have fists or like reaching out hands, which is fine with me. That's more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because the big ticket item here is the, uh, gun arm that he comes with, which is, um, really amazing. Now I said before that, uh, this comes with some instructions, but I don't want to, that, that might be generous. Like <laughs> it, com- it comes with, I should say it comes with diagrams, right? <laughs> but, um, but I, I always feel like if I have to, Google image search to put together your toy, <laughs> then you have not provided me with enough help. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I think this is one thing where, um, on the packaging, um, you know, there is, there's no photography of the actual toy. It's all art, which is okay. great. But, um, particularly with a complex piece like this, and, and, you know, maybe it's just that, I, I, you know, I'm an accessory noob. I'm not good at this stuff. But I just end up having to, like, find lots of pictures to work out what does this do and how do I do it. Um, so, <laughs> but, but again, I don't want to take away from the toys fantastic and obviously their skill is toy making, not instruction making, and there you go. Yep. Um, so this, uh, his uh, right arm... Um, detaches at the elbow, mm-hmm. and so you can have just normal arm with swappable hands, or you can take that forearm off and attach the mega arm cannon. Um, but then I was looking at pictures and thinking, that's weird, because that doesn't look like my arm cannon. <laughs> his his arm cannon is different from my arm cannon. <laughs> why, why is it so? And actually, um, it's because... 
there are there's detachable bits to the um arm cannon so you can kind of display it in um like uh two modes so the arm cannon has got um extra three like sheaths on the side that okay. actually can be displayed in two modes either um up high on the arm cannon or yeah. down down low um and i like the down low version better because then it looks more um like an actual arm cannon and not just like some really bizarre appendage um yeah. because the thing that i do think is a little bit strange about this is that the the peg for the arm cannon goes in about halfway through the arm cannon. So there's a fair bit kind of sticking out the other side, which doesn't seem super useful to me. Yeah. So when you um, move the uh, <clears throat> prongs, I guess, down to the lower position, it actually makes it look more balanced and more like a useful weapon and not like just a weird um, liability. Yeah. Um, having said that, obviously it's heavy. And so, um, standing wise, it does make it a little bit more challenging to pose, but not, not impossible. Yeah. Um, one thing which I do, I feel like for the size and the weight of these figures, that they shouldn't actually be as hard to stand up as they are. Um, the, the, uh, one of the things that is kind of true right across the board is it's obviously just a design thing, but they've all got like heeled shoes on. Like yeah. the, the girl, the, the, the female characters have got these psycho stilettos that yeah. make them, which means that it's really hard to stand them up without a base, which I find annoying. But then even Cyclops here, like he's got, I thought, oh, this should be easy because he's got, um, like quite his, uh, oh, lower legs are very flared out, which makes it look like really solid feet. But then when you look underneath, he's still got the metallic high heeled shoes on. Um, so yeah, definitely don't need a base to pose him, but then they're just not as stable as they should be, which I find a bit irritating. Yeah. Um, paint wise, besides the, um, uh, I smell a poo face, um, (laughs) they all, the paint's all great. And I don't even know if that's really paint or just more design. Um, but uh, paint-wise is great. So I'm, I'm knocking off a point for the um, angry slash please don't feed me vegetables face. Um, and I think that's about it. Everything else is, I mean, this is so clever. There's even a, you know, one of the kind of classic cyborg arm attachments things is like his white sound um a sound disruptor thing and there's even a little attachment yeah. that you can swap around that on the cannon arm which awesome. is very cool um you know the the design choice of the uh way that the cannon arm attaches is would be my choice i would have simplified it a bit but i'm not going to take points off for that because that's just aesthetics there's nothing wrong with it at all so i'm going to give him a very solid nine um really enjoying this line Harking back to what we were talking about before with the Raven Bishojo, um, I'm I'm really hoping for some new announcements in this line at San Diego, mm-hmm. because it's been a bit quiet news wise, and so hopefully that just means they're saving it up there. Because if this is done now, I would be a bit sad. Yeah, and that's my review. Excellent, and it hasn't had any of the um, early playouts, Kai leg fall off. 
issues. No. <laughs> like we had in some of the Street Fighter ones. No, 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 no. Um, the uh, the DC ones have all been really good in that regard. Um, the uh, Hawkman um, is amazing. Like I still, I have He hasn't. He's still on the desk here because um, you know things that I review on the show, start off on the desk and then they get moved to display eventually. But he's so awesome that he's just kind of stayed on the desk. Um, Excellent. So yeah, loving this and um glad that I finally got Cyborg out of the box because he is great as well. And I'm looking forward to putting him in the display. Cool. All right. That's well, me. That takes care of our second toy of the week. When we return, we will have another Toy of the Week. (laughs) So we're going to hand over to our um, friends that couldn't make it tonight for a while, and we'll be back to wrap up the show with some feedback, yeah. It's new AT-AT, the all-terrain armored transport from Kenner. Batteries not included, action figures each sold separately. You can make AT-AT walk, its legs are big enough to crush obstacles. You can move AT-AT's head and pretend to scan for rebels. AT-AT has a cockpit for Imperial Commander and AT-AT Driver and laser machine guns. When you push a button to fire the laser cannons, you activate battle lights and sounds. There's even a troop compartment. New AT-AT from Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back Collection. So tonight I'm reviewing another of the Funko Pop vinyl figures. This time it is Venom, or should I say Marvel's Venom, uh, as they seem to uh, label everything these days. So Funko are starting to really move along with their pop vinyls, um, particularly of the non-movie related characters. Uh, so far up until now, Funko have, uh, when specifically for their Marvel characters, have really, really focused on tying into movie properties, and so many of the figures figures they are releasing are heavily tied into the the movie-based figures and it's a bit of a shame because I'm much more of a comic accurate person so I've been picking and choosing and recently I had the uh, the luck of picking up the Punisher and Venom pop vinyls and what's interesting about that is I think at the moment they're being billed as Walgreens exclusives in the US. Uh, and my, my Venom and Punisher don't look like exclusives at all. Uh, however, they look very much like the Walgreens figures just without the little exclusive sticker. So moving on, this is a 2015 release. Uh, I only picked it up in the last couple of weeks. And uh, as I said, it is a Funko Pop vinyl, though the Marvel figures are actually sold as bobbleheads. Something about some sort of crazy licensing thing about uh, about plastic action figures or something. So yes, it does actually have the little springy bit inside it. Um, These will set you back around US $10, depending on how hard you look. In terms of packaging, well, I mean, if you've seen one Funko Pop vinyl, you've pretty much seen them all. They've very much stuck to a, a certain type of branding with the um, the pop quite prominent at the top, the logo of the company in the middle and the numbering in the top right corner. Uh, Venom is actually number 82, so it just goes to show how long it's taken to get around to this figure because of the tie-ins to the assorted movies. Uh, I thought Venom, much like Deadpool, was a bit of a uh, a marquee character for Marvel in terms of merchandise. There are a lot of big, big you know Venom fans out there, so the fact that it's actually taken this long to get a comic-accurate Venom out um, is quite interesting. So, um, look, you get the usual kind of artwork on the box. There's sort of the um, half-quarter sort of picture of the character on the front, so it's pretty obvious who it is. Uh, They make it very clear that it's Venom down the bottom in terms of the name, etc. The box is predominantly red. Most of the Marvel 
figures that I've picked up actually have sort of a, a blue highlight to the box, whereas um, Venom actually has red, which is quite interesting. So this is that nifty little window box where you can obviously see in the front, but you can also see in through the side. The back of the box features um, the additional characters that came out in this particular wave, which are the Punisher, Black Suit, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099, and of course Venom rounds out the fourth. So that's very cool. It's nice to know what else is out there without having to stand there and look at a, a giant wall of uh, pop vinyl which um, we talked a few episodes ago about how overwhelming that can be because there's just so many to look at, so many colours. So it's nice to be able to just look at the back of the box and, and know who else you want to hunt for. Um, it's all pretty much of a, a muchness. The um, Funko seem to have it down pretty good with the, the internal packaging. You get a plastic tray. Uh, it's all one piece. However, it's actually hinged in two places, so it's sort of a, a three-piece plastic tray and that means that the figure lays in the tray and then the hinge allows a flap on the top and the bottom to come up around the feet and the head of the figure holding him in place which is really quite neat makes it very easy in terms of actually being collector friendly it's very very collector friendly um, looking at the sculpt, it's quite interesting. Venom has actually had a few different looks over the years. It's not just the, the big black and white dude. Um, depending on how you feel about Venom. Uh, personally, I'm not a, a huge fan of that completely over-the-top Venom with, you know, the massive open mouth and the, the three-foot tongue and that kind of thing. Um, I do actually prefer the, I guess, Todd McFarlane interpretation of the character that was introduced, you know, way back in Amazing Spider-Man, where um, really he was just sort of a, an oversized version of Spider-Man, and then there was that sort of very sinister... Um, you know, rows of teeth that just really made him quite impressive. So when he debuted, it just sort of blew me away back then. And I think it might have been Eric Larson who actually uh, came on to Amazing Spider-Man not long after and um, gave us the, the venom that we're more familiar with today with the, the huge tongue and the open mouth, etc. Um, so this is actually a bit of a combination. They haven't gone completely over the top. Um, the body uh, from the neck down is pretty much a, a standard pop vinyl there's really nothing uh, exceptional about it except the hands are done in an open position and they've got sort of a slightly sort of spiky taloned sort of fingertip um, so you've got that look about it so they haven't gone for some generic hands but um, the head is actually where the figure does stand out they have actually sculpted what I guess you would call the eye lenses um, they're quite sort of jagged but it's actually sculpted into the head it's not just painted on which is nice the obvious feature and the one that stands out quite clearly for the character is the mouth. They've sculpted a slightly open mouth with, you know, lots of little groovy teeth. And, of course, the tongue is actually poking out, which is, I guess, what people expect now from Venom. So, look, they've kept it very clean, very slick, and I think they've actually done a really good job. They haven't gone over the top with any additional bits and pieces, and that could have been a manufacturing choice. Um, but I think, uh, you know, aesthetically, this is much more pleasing, very sort of slim, uh, streamlined. So... Very nice, very nice. Uh, in terms of the paintwork, um, it's quite interesting. He's cast completely in black. So from the neck down, he's been very easy to do because he's been completely cast in black, no paint whatsoever, but they've actually used a, a white decal of the spider and applied that on both the chest and the back and the legs sort of curve around and meet. So that was quite easy to do. Um, where they have actually done some paint is uh, in the eyes. They've obviously painted that white. Look, I think... They could have done a bit better job. There's a little bit of slop. There's even a couple of spots where they haven't quite filled it in properly. Um, 
It's really not unusual for Funko, and we seem to mention this all the time, but I think the problem is we have to be very careful we don't keep saying this, oh, yeah, it's typical Funko, it's typical Funko, and just accept it as the norm. I think, you know, we still need to put pressure on Funko to pick up their game because I I just don't think it's quite good enough. Um, So, look, the white's not too bad. There's um, a kind of a a very dark red applied to the lips and then, of course, obviously some uh, off-white on the teeth. It's surprisingly good for Funko. I I actually thought there'd be a lot more slop for that sort of thing. And, of course, the the tongue has sort of a reddish colour applied to it. And they've done a good job. They haven't managed to get sort of the the red on the teeth or the the off-white on the tongue. So I was actually quite surprised at how neat that had been applied so certainly could be a lot better but I've certainly seen a lot worse in in terms of Funko. Uh, One interesting thing to note I mentioned when I reviewed Cyclops and Colossus that I was very impressed that they'd actually made Colossus a a bigger figure so obviously his head is bigger than Cyclops but also the body has him standing taller so it's nice that they're actually representing the height difference between the characters. I honestly thought Funko was sort of producing a standard sized figure but to see that they are actually taking that into account is quite nice. Um, Venom is actually one of the smaller ones, so I guess depending on you know how you perceive Venom, that uh, is either good for you or bad for you. Uh, I actually don't have a Spider-Man with me to, to put next to him, but I can tell you he's roughly the same size as Cyclops, so he definitely doesn't have that colossus size, which is not bad because Eddie Brock uh, is not a huge guy. I think he's about six foot three or something like that. So I think they've done a fairly good job with that in terms of uh, representing the scale. So uh, yeah, not bad at all. In terms of articulation, there really isn't any. This is a Funko Pop vinyl. Um, I, I do like how you can see where the arms have been applied to the figure separately. So you can tell that they've actually been cast as a separate piece and then glued into the shoulders, uh, which just goes to show, I guess, what could be in a, in a perfect world, getting a bit of articulation with these figures. I think is a bit of a shame. But really, I guess, one point of articulation, and that's the bobblehead, because you can get a bit of a twist to the head. Uh, I took mine out of the figure, and he's actually looking down, which is something I commented about some of the other pop vinyls that um, you can't get them to sort of necessarily look straight ahead um, because of the way the, the weird spring sits in their head. But, um, oh, look, I think, you know, for what it is, it works fine. Um, accessories, well, no accessories with a, a Funko pop vinyl. I don't think I've got a pop vinyl that comes with an accessory. It's usually sort of all moulded in as one solid piece. Um, in terms of an overall rating for the figure, look, I think they've done a pretty good job with this figure. The glossy black head, uh, it looks fantastic from a distance. It's not until you get up close that you notice that the white hasn't been done particularly well. I think the body is probably a slightly different colour to the glossy head, which is a bit of a shame because one's painted and one's... um one's actually cast but overall he's a really neat looking figure it's pretty obvious who he is he fits in very well with the others and uh, i think they've done a really good job so overall i think i'm probably going to give this guy maybe about an eight and a half out of ten dollars a few extra things i think they could have cleaned up uh, which is a bit of a shame and uh, i look forward to the rest of the the comic accurate figures that they're doing all right thanks very much Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite? Will the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. Hey, guys. This is Eddie 
3429 here. I'm coming at you with my Jurassic Toy of the Week. So my Toy of the Week is the Raptor Rampage from Lego. It's one of the Jurassic World sets. This set is uh, spoilers for, uh, well, small spoilers for the film. It's uh, probably one of the only sets that actually reflects a scene in the movie, and it is the vet van chase uh, with the raptors. So with this set, you do get the vet truck from Jurassic World. You get the motorbike that Owen, who is played by Christopher Pratt, rides. You get two raptors, Blue and Charlie, and you get three minifigures. So you get Owen, Christopher Pratt himself, you get Claire, who was played by Bryce Dallas Howard in the movie, and you get generic Lego ACU or asset containment unit. Uh, he's a little security guard type man. So uh, there's a few different elements to this set here. The packaging itself, I'm going to say it's uh, not very collector-friendly, but if you've brought Lego before, you know exactly what you're getting here. It's a box. Open that box up. You're going to find some plastic bags with Lego pieces in it and some instructions on how to build, it, build uh, the set. So the instructions, you got two booklets worth. I've noticed um, Lego has been doing this a bit more frequently now. You're getting multiple books that uh, you go through to build it up rather than just one big thick book. Uh, you get uh, two raptors in the set, which I actually really love. I'm just going to focus on the Raptors for a sec now. Uh, so I'm fairly certain these guys would be brand new uh, sculpts for Lego. They might have had one sort of dinosaur set beforehand that maybe used the body. But judging from the heads of these Raptors, uh, I'm going to say they, these would be fairly new, and they're actually quite fantastic. These might be my favourite Raptor figures that uh, any Jurassic Park line has released so far. For Lego figures, they're actually remarkably well detailed and well sculpted. My favourite part of them is the head sculpt. It's really spot on to that classic look that a raptor from the Jurassic Park series has. And the jawline with that sort of upturned down smile is in there. The jaw is movable. It sort of clicks in. You might be able to hear here. So that's the clicking noise of the jaw. So it locks in nice and steady. So you can have an open mouth look. You can have a closed mouth look. Uh, they've got some brilliant paint on these raptors. They're articulated at a few points. So you've got the jaw, the head, the arms, the legs. Uh, and it looks like there's one on the tail, but there's actually not one on the tail. There's just a cut in the body. And they come with their little GoPro video camera headset pieces that they can put on. And I do love this because it reminds me of that old toy line, Dino Riders, which, you know, while we're getting these classic toy lines, let's someone out there has to have the rights to Dino Riders, and I want to see Dino Riders classic, but that's a side rant for uh, another time. 
In terms of the people minifigures that you get with the set, uh, once again, if you've brought LEGO before, you know uh, what you're getting here in terms of the minifigures. My favourite is the Chris Pratt one, uh, Owen, so he's dressed very much as you see him in the movie with his vest and grey pants, got the classic... Uh, Chris Pratt hair piece. I believe this is the same one they actually used in the Guardians of the Galaxy set. Uh, he's got two different facial expressions. He's got a grumpy I'm about to fight face and he's got that lovable Chris Pratt smirk face. Claire, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, uh, she also comes with two head sculpts. So she's got a serious looking face and a frightened face. Um, not too progressive when it comes to the female characters, but uh, to be honest, the movie wasn't that progressive either. Uh, and the last one is the asset containment unit guy. He, he comes fairly decked out. He's only got one uh, facial expression on him because the back of his head is blank and you'd be able to see it. He comes with a baseball cap. Uh, he comes with a, uh, a dart gun that would... Uh, Tranquilizer. That's what I was trying to find. Tranquilizer gun there. And he's got a bit of a flat jacket which uh, fits over his body, uh, which is kind of nice that we haven't really seen with Lego too much. I believe there's a bit of a mandate in Lego that they don't like the idea of doing military toys. Uh, but this guy definitely comes off as a bit of a G.I. Joe, Creo type one. And uh, they have nailed the look, even though they don't do it too often. I do quite like the uh, flat jacket on him. And with the actual VET truck, so uh, I do like this truck. It's a white build, uh, kind of as you would imagine a VET's truck to look. There's a couple of points I don't really like on it. The base of the truck near the wheels, now I have no real knowledge of cars, so I'm just going to say certain things and they're probably not going to be too accurate at all. Uh, but the rear bumper and uh, the side of what I would imagine to be the axles are just flat grey bricks with the uh, connector dots on it. There's nothing there covering. It would have been nice uh, to have maybe a flat uh, brick or something over there rather than having these uh, dots exposed here on this side. The highlight of the truck is there's some really clever design in creating the grill at the front and the rear view mirrors. And the actual back uh, vet unit, so this is a removable block. It's got handles on the side. I, I quite like the look of this because it reminds me of the beginning of the first film when they were sliding that block with the raptors across. Uh, there are doors on the back that open up and you've got uh, little computer stations inside. And also inside what's built in, uh, this isn't movie accurate, but it's a, a bit of fun for anyone who might be playing with their Lego, is there's a little gun turret which uh, slides in and out of the back here, and that can also be restationed on top of the vet unit there for hunting of any stray dinos 
uh, down. So you can put your asset containment fella uh, on the top here and hunt, or you can connect into the back of the van and slides in quite nicely uh, through some sliding bricks that link up in here. So it fits in there nice and smoothly and doesn't uh, rattle around. There's some cool dyno damage, uh, a bit of a staple with Jurassic Park toy lines. We've got some scratches on the back where some of the raptors have been attacking the doors. And there's a couple of holes on the back of this vet unit and that just connects in with the back of the truck and you're locked and loaded, ready to drive your dyno escape here. The minifigures come with a couple of accessories. So I mentioned before, the asset containment guy comes with his tranquilizer gun. Owen comes with his knife. And Claire comes with her little iPhone here in order um, to contact her assistant, which you see her doing constantly throughout the film. Uh, this set is a fairly good representation of the scene. As I mentioned before, it's one of the better sets in terms of... Uh, ones that actually took place in the movie uh, but the truck isn't overly screen accurate I would have preferred if on the inside of the van they had a maybe chucked in a few different weapon ports or little clips that you could add things in there uh, in the back and the gun cannon that slides in and out is kind of cool from a fun toy aspect but uh, definitely not movie accurate too much here this set uh it's one of the more expensive sets uh i was quite lucky i managed to pick it up for 50 dollars australian but uh at retail you've been looking at around the 79 dollar australian mark for this set which uh to be honest i probably wouldn't have paid that much for it 50 was that sweet spot you caught me coming out of the movie on a bit of a high. I've been raised on Jurassic Park. I really wanted some merchandise. Uh, and unfortunately, this is the only way to get uh, the Owen Chris Pratt character at the moment. Hasbro's not coming forward with anything. So uh, come on, Hasbro, let's pick up the ball there. Uh, so this one got me. Uh, in terms of a dolly rating for this set, I... Probably going to give it six dollies out of ten. Uh, if you catch me on a good day, maybe six and a half dollies out of ten. Uh, it is a fun set, but I think looking back, I've basically brought it for the Chris Pratt minifigure and the Raptors. The Raptors are fantastic. If you're a uh, fan of Jurassic Park, um, even looking for these Raptors loose on the secondary market, I wouldn't mind building up a uh, four squad of for my little Owen minifigure to train up here uh, but the actual truck unit van and the other minifigures just have left me stale a little bit uh, my biggest complaints being the underside of the truck here and even a lot of the side of the front of the truck just uh, leaves me a little bit underwhelmed in terms of what is meant to be a bit more of a uh, higher end Lego set here for the amount that they're expecting it to pay. So, um, look, some people could love it, but for me, it did leave me a little bit cold on this set. This is my first venture into a larger Lego set. Uh, I've been tempted quite a bit. This is one I finally broke down on, but um, if this is where Lego is at the moment, they're going to have to come up with some... Uh, a bit more impressive stuff to grab me in at the prices that they're 
coming up with here, which I love Lego. I grew up on Lego as a kid. Uh, but this set here has maybe set me back a little bit. Okay, guys, that wraps things up for me. And now I'll pass you on to feedback. Miko presents the Star Trek action figures featuring the crew of the Enterprise, Captain James T. Kirk, their fearless leader, Dr. Bones McCoy, caring for the health of the Enterprise crew, Scotty, the chief engineer, in charge of the transporter room, Mr. Spock, the Vulcan, second in command, and the Klingon, enemy of the Star Trek crew. Star Trek action figures, complete with accessories shown, each sold separately. Well, we hope that you enjoyed all of our reviews for this episode. And before we finish off, we have a bit of feedback. We love hearing from you. Um, so you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can tweet at us at AFBlues. You can Instagram at us at actionfigureblues. You can... What else can they do? They can, they can Reddit us. Oh, yeah, they can Reddit us. They can shout at us from a rooftop or... A mountain that would be you're probably not as effective but it might be cathartic i don't know yep. um on the last show we had the next uh, the latest installment of the afb challenge and larry emailed in to say hey guys i always love the afb challenge so i was glad to see it back for episode 173 one point of order though this is a point of order uh. The bids for the final round really should be kept private and submitted with the answer if you're playing by Jeopardy rules anyway. Anyway, keep up the good work, Larry. Thanks, Larry. That is a fair point. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm sure John will take that on notice. John does an amazing job putting that stuff together. Um, also had several messages about the uh, Marvel Legends question and the living zombie or just zombie. And yes, yes, we know it was wrong. Um, so <laughs> it was actually on the box just as zombie, not as living zombie, which th- threw us, but there you go again, amazing job by John putting all that stuff together. So, um, and then you've got our next bit of feedback. I do. Uh, Derek WC writes along to say, Eddie got the Funko Legacy Rocketeer tonight, and it was deja vu, deja vu, like listening to the podcast all over again. Already knew from your review that the civilian head would be hard to remove, so I did the hairdryer heat and pop method as usual, but just like you mentioned, it sooner pops out of the neck than the head. Mm-hmm. I eventually got the clear plastic off of Cliff's head and back onto the body. Other than that, it looks to be a well-articulated and fun figure. Huh. Yeah. See, I was saying to Adam in the break, talking about my um, cyborg. If I if I have to like do image searches and then do really like repair work to actually make your toy work, then it doesn't work. Yeah, and you know that's that's what testing is for. To and this is where I think you know Funko. Um, uh, if you look at their uh, the pops and the other stuff that they're doing, that obviously is produced on a different scale, at, like like in a different um, way than Sitsik figures. You know, they don't have the same uh, level of QC required because it's vinyl stuff. I mean, they could definitely do a bit more QC on their paint work on the pops, but um, you know, it's different, and that's where I I, I admire their uh energy um but it is just it's really disappointing that 
they have not uh, they're not improving the QC side of the six inch stuff because such an opportunity um, and they've got such a market like you're they're everywhere yeah um, and so it just would be great to get that in hand. Yep. Yep. I agree with you. Yep. I actually, no excuse for poor quality. No, I've seen uh, a number of people on a couple of the Facebook groups that I'm on complaining about the same thing. Yep. Um, or just you know saying I can't do it, and you know that's just that's dumb. Yep. Um, and then finally, um, Gene Schaefer, aka Lamar the Revenger, has been uh, obviously not sleeping because he keeps sending us messages about um uh licenses that Funko hasn't done yet and he said oh Funko hasn't made short circuit pop vinyls either uh, i think that could be because no one wants them dean but i thought we'd had short circuit figures in the last 5 years from someone yeah but have the, well i according to Lamar they have not made punko punko pops <laughs> also known as funko, funko pops. pops yes yeah yeah, but uh, what do you get though? You get like, um, yeah, Zach Johnny Gallagher. Five, yeah. some of the other, the robots. You get the Short Circuit Two version. Yeah, was the main guy played by Gutenberg? Oh, it was. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking. What am I thinking when I say Zach Galligan? Who was was that? Um, War Games or something? Um, yeah, yeah it was Gutenberg. War Games was Broderick. Oh, Broderick. Oh no, Zach Galligan's Gremlins. Okay. I so, hope. So we've missed oh, out on a. We probably, you, you know, completely wrong, but who cares? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know that that would be an opportunity for a Gutenberg um, pop vinyl. I'm assuming we've probably got one somewhere, probably from that horrible dancing <laughs> village people movie that's on every New Year's Eve. Or, well, um, but yeah. Who else was in Short Circuit? Ali Sheedy. There's your there's your chance yeah. for Ali Sheedy pop. <laughs> Unless they've done. They haven't done Breakfast Club, I don't think. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. God. And here we thought, yeah. It just keeps... so far from done. They're so far from done. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Gene, for that. And please keep it up. Um, we need to keep on top of them. Because they listen, you know. So yeah. um, I'm sure that they're, they're scribbling all that down right now. <laughs> all right. Well, Adam, thank you for... Uh, joining me on this um, slightly different but thoroughly enjoyable journey. It's been a thorough pleasure. It's been a thorough pleasure. It's good to do the show with you again. And uh, I think we will say goodbye. Indeed. Auf Wiedersehen. Bonsoir. <laughs> Ciao. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.
Now, I can't actually find the peg to put the, um, <laughs> the, uh... You sure you don't want to make it down to an 8 for de- lack of instructions? I might have to. The deploy, deployed, um, uh, shoulder pad. <laughs> I can't see how it goes on. Seriously, it just shouldn't be this hard. Oh, hold on. Oh my god. I'm totally wrong. Well, they're not, they're not swap out, um, shoulder pads. They're like extras, extra cannons. For the hand, or? No, no, like for the back. He's got like blaster things on the back, they're like more. Okay. Yeah, I would never work that out from the diagram. Hello. I'll just stick this bit in the bloopers as the amendum to my review. Excellent. Hire a technical writer, Play Arts. Seriously. <laughs> I'm sure you can afford it. <laughs>